while there is life, there is still hope. I would add hope to make the impossible possible. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another exciting episode of Connecting ALS. I am your co-host, Jeremy Holden, joined again this week by my co-host, Jessica Chapman. Jessica, good to see you this week. Hey, Jeremy, good to see you. Good to be here with everybody again. Yeah, moving right along through summer, and uh, it, it is the summer of doing whatever it takes, the ALS Association committed to doing whatever it takes to make ALS a livable disease on the way to eventually finding a cure. And Jessica, in the last few weeks, we've had the opportunity to kind of unpack what that means and, and what that looks like. Uh, a few weeks ago, we heard from Dr. Kuldip Dave to talk about the search for new treatments on the path towards making ALS livable. And of course, last week, we brought to listeners the, the story of the Milton Safenowitz Fellowship Program uh, that, that, that really helps bring new researchers into the fight. And Jessica, as summer goes on, we're going to be having many more conversations about how to make ALS a livable disease through optimizing care, through opportunities to prevent cases of ALS, and, and how we're going to go about reducing harms associated with the disease. But this week, we're shifting our focus a little bit to the folks that are living with ALS today. And in particular, we had a chance to get some questions in front of Eddie Ilaraza. Yeah, Eddie is such a beautiful story, a beautiful soul. He really embodies hope, which is a really common theme within the ALS community. And just listening to some of the answers that he provided through his nephew who helps him communicate, just I kept going back to resiliency. Eddie really defines resiliency. And I think a lot of the people that we work with on a day-to-day basis living with ALS and their families also define this attribute. So it's just, again, a really great story all in all. Yeah, so many people have been touched by Eddie, who shared a story with the ALS Association's blog. We can link to that in the show notes. And and I know we were excited to kind of unpack some of his uh, reflections and, and dig a little bit deeper into Eddie's journey. Eddie was diagnosed with ALS in 2002. At the time, he was just embarking on a career in social work and social services and has continued to focus and prioritize on serving others. So why don't we jump into the conversation, uh, Jessica? We, we first wanted to get a sense from Eddie in terms of what initially inspired him and why has he continued inspired to serve others? I'm speaking on behalf of my uncle, Eliseo Ilaraza, who was diagnosed with amyotrophic lateral sclerosis in 2002. I worked as a case manager in a nonprofit organization, but the last job uh, I had before being diagnosed with ALS was as a drug counselor in a T-tox unit, and I worked at night in a women's shelter as well. Also, I was pursuing my bachelor's degree in human services, and I love keeping myself busy. I was very active before my diagnosis. Ever since the age of 14, I have wanted to assist the vulnerable, the weak, and acquire the adequate services that they were entitled to. Thus, I applied for the field of social services. The social service area is unlike other fields. It brings me true fulfillment. So inspiring to hear Eddie talk about what brought him into a life of service and, and, and putting others first and trying to find ways to really make his community and the world a better place through service. 
Inspiring indeed. That's a great way to describe it. Someone who was just so dedicated to helping people who are less fortunate. And he knew that that was going to be his driver for his entire life. Yeah. And, you know, not letting ALS slow him down or prevent him from from putting others first and, and trying to find ways to help. You know, we also asked Eddie the role that this passion for service, this passion for helping others, how has it impacted the emotional response as his disease progresses? Let's hear Eddie's response to that. When your mind is active in helping others in need, it helps me see that others in need need my knowledge and wisdom to guide them. Some clients come back and express their gratitude for helping them, and that makes me feel needed. Albeit, I am in an onerous condition. In other words, giving is receiving. Very hopeful message and, and, and very inspiring. Again, I feel like I keep using that word, but the, it's just such a perfect word to think about how, you know, Eddie, just his ability to focus on putting others first and, and asking himself, what can I do to make someone else's life better? How it just kind of centers him and helps him again manage some of the emotional harms of an ALS diagnosis and progression and, and, and really kind of energizes me to to think about the journey toward making ALS livable on the path toward finding a cure. Agreed. You know, I go back to one of the priorities, one of the, the key components of making ALS a livable disease, which is essentially empowering people to live the lives that they want. And Eddie really exemplifies that. He sure does. And, uh, you know, as, as he mentioned in the blog post that we discussed at the outset, you know, he's gone on to get a master's degree in social work, recently earned that degree. We wanted to find out what led him to continue with his education and pursue that graduate degree in social work. I'm Puerto Rican born and raised in Brooklyn, New York. Brooklyn, New York is very mixed with Hispanic and Latino culture. My Sunset Park Brooklyn community was a gang war zone and full of drug interactions. It was tempting to become addicted to drugs or become a drug dealer, but I chose differently. At the age of 14, I started translating for my family and friends to acquire financial services. The word got out that I was good at assisting Spanish-speaking Hispanic families and everyone was coming to me. At the age of 14, I helped the vulnerable. I went to college and I got my bachelor's degree in science and human services. I worked as a case manager and a drug counselor in a local hospital. Then, on November 23, 2002, I was diagnosed with amyotrophic lateral sclerosis. I was given three to five years to live. I was devastated and depressed for years until I prayed. It was like I was given strength from the divine to live and given the opportunity to help others. Although I was in a challenging and horrible disease, I said within myself, why not go all out and fulfill my purpose to the full extent until my last breath? I am glad that I chose to live and obtained my master's degree in social work on May 8, 2021. Against all odds, truth over fear. Thanks again, Eddie, for your reflections on that. Eddie has written four books. He now has a master's degree in social work. Uh, we wanted to get a sense of what comes next from this ever-inspiring person. I will give credit to the divine, families and friends, personal care nurses and nurse aides, and wonderful organizations like the ALS program. It is a team effort that I can do what I do and live my life to the full. Instill faith to the faith of the faithless and love to the loveless and hope to the hopeless. 
Like the famous scientist who had ALS, Stephen Hawking once said, While there is life, there is still hope. I would add hope to make the impossible possible. If anyone's interested in reading more of my incredible and miracle story, all my books are on Amazon under Eliseo Ilaraza's name. I wrote two movies of my life also, and if I am living, I will pursue my MBA. I am seven classes from finishing. I was approved to take the LMSW license exam and continue writing my books and apply for my doctorate program. I just had a TV reporter interviewed me uh, to reach my goal to inspire millions, if possible, billions of people around the world. Thank you for the opportunity to get the ALS community as well as others. Eddie, you are truly an unstoppable force. It seems like nothing can get in the way of following your dreams. And it is just, again, truly inspiring to hear from you and hear you share your story. Yeah, Eddie, thanks again for taking the time out to answer our questions. Uh, once again, for folks listening at home who may not have had the opportunity to read Eddie's initial blog post, you can find that in the show notes or head on over to als.org and uh, make sure you're subscribed to the blog. That is going to do it for this week's episode. Please take some time to rate and review the show wherever you find podcasts. It's a great way for us to expand our audience and find more people to connect with. This week's episode was produced by Garrett Tiedemann of the ALS Association's Minnesota, North Dakota, South Dakota chapter. Thanks for tuning in. We'll connect with you again soon.